You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. Hi, right, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday. Isaac, what's up, man? What's happening? What's going on, Doc? Uh, not too much, man. Uh, we're in the middle of the summer, and you know what that means, man. You can smell it in the air. Training camps are opening. Uh, you got quarterbacks. You have rookies who are uh, going into camp right now, and it won't be long before the veterans get there. So, you know, I always remember these moments. like to forget some of them. But, you know, it's part of what we do in the summer here in, here in America. That's what I'm saying, man, because, yeah, training camp, man, nobody like going to training camp, bro. I know the rookies and stuff first, you know, they, they're a little excited. But don't nobody like, man, don't nobody like training camp, man. Training camp can go to hell, bro. What you what you miss about well, it? i tell you what, man, what, just the camaraderie. When you first get there, you know, you, you once again, you see all the guys that you haven't probably seen uh, in, in a full month because everybody's going on vacation. They're, they're trying to get ready for the, uh, the dog days of training camp and the long haul of the season. There's some anxiety there from uh, some veterans, a lot of anxiety from the rookies, uh, anxiety from the coaches from a coaching standpoint. You know, some, some teams may have first-year coaches that are coming from college, uh, first-year coaches that are from another franchise. So you have to get acclimated, re-acclimated with guys. It's always fun. And then, you know, you go to work. It's time to start working the thing out. Now, I, I got to take something back. Now, it is exciting for guys who are like me, who you get in the training camp and get a chance to prove yourself and hopefully make the team. And, you know, but it gets not so fun when cut they come. First, second cut day. Then you sick as hell because you don't know what the heck is going on. But anyway, man, before we get into the show, we got several things we want to talk about, man. The Rams. The Rams got their Super Bowl rings, bro. What you think about it, man? They, they – Bro, these rings are getting too goddamn big, man. They really, they literally got real estate on their hand, man. And you can pop the top off of it. It's, it's too many opportunities to lose things for that. It's too much going on with the ring for me, bro. Hey, I tell you what. First of all, the rings are beautiful, Doc. And they, I think they kind of played into the spirit of Georgia Frontier because she was gaudy in a lot of stuff that she did. You know, you'd always, you know, she wore a lot of perfume. You could smell her coming before she actually <laughs> yeah, got there. Yeah. And, you know, she had a sense of regal sense about her. But, you know, for the rings itself, Doc, they are huge, man. They're exactly what you expect them to be. More and more gaudier than what last year's ring was because we're always trying to outdo one another and, and show it and rub it in people's faces. So this year we can rub this, this ring in the San Francisco 49ers face. And we run by a couple of Cincinnati Bengals. We can rub it in their face as well. But the ring itself, man, is just, it's just phenomenal. It's different from the standpoint of you can flip and take the top of it off. I don't think there's been a championship ring that's that's been able to do that yet, but it, it's awesome, man. I mean, I got asked the other day, am I expecting to receive one of those rings? And I said, hmm, we did give Eric Dickinson a ring when we won a championship. So I may be expecting me a Super Bowl ring and come through my mailbox sometime soon, Doc. Well, why should you get one, bro? ED got one because he, he didn't well, deserve to get one, man. For the, and he's a, dog. 
He didn't win it, bro. You got to actually win it. I love Eric Dickerson, though. So if you get one, everybody on those Rams squads, I should get one then. No, I'm, I can't put myself on that level. But anyway, I'm just saying, if you should get one, Tory Hope got to get one, Kurt Warner got to get it. Y'all want y'all own. Okay, that made the doc. I mean, that you have a point there, but what when when you're when you're when you're under grace like I am, good things happen to those who know God loves them, man. That's so true. I mean, you you get stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I don't know if Eric was expecting to receive one, but I'm just saying the protocol has been in, put in place. So so therefore, I, you know, I should be hearing a knock on my door here pretty soon, man, delivering my ring. You know, also, I'll be much, I'll be much grateful. Much obliged, much obliged, since they didn't already did it. You know, so I can understand ED, but ED, man, even though he's a legend, he's a Hall of Famer, he's one of the best running backs to ever play, bro. He's still, you know, probably like, yeah, I ain't earned it, but I'm going to take it. You know what I'm saying? He probably don't even wear it, bro, because you don't even wear your Super Bowl ring, man, and, and, and except for in rare occasions, bro. That's too much. The damn ring is too much, man. The next, I'm telling you, like, the next thing people going to have Super Bowl brass knuckles, man. I'm telling you, that, that's going to be the next. It's too much, bro. I like too much, but I always like too much in a good way. I don't think that ring is too much. I think it's it's what it is, and it should be that big. Because when you go to a training camp, when you go through the gauntlet of week of what we call an NFL scheduled season, and you come out, you win a division, you beat your actual rival in an NFC championship game at home, and uh, you go to a Super Bowl where you're playing in a game that's up and down with a fresh Joe Burrow at the at the at the helm, uh, leading a Cincinnati Bengal team, man, trying to defeat you in your home stadium. Doc, you should get a big ring like that, man, because that's a lot of you know trials and tribulations that you went through, and you know guys like Aaron Donald. I mean, this is what you play for, man. The money and all that stuff that comes, Doc. But you want an opportunity to be able to wear a ring when you're around your 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 alumni, when you're around guys who have retired from the game, and you want to be able to talk Super Bowl rings you want to be able to talk playoff wins and things of that nature so those are the things the only things that truly count when playing this game man you can talk that without that big ass mansion on your hand man but anyway maybe i'm hating because i ain't get one that I man it's it's nice to me i just once you get to adding parts that pop on and pop off like legos man you just because somebody gonna lose i mean somebody gonna lose it uh and somebody gonna lose one part of it but since we own that man all right can our rams repeat the super bowl champions next season Doc, uh, rule number one, when you're heading into training camp, uh, goal number one is always win your division, Doc. And you, when you look at this, this division, you have to look at what's, what's transpired in Seattle. There's no more Russell Wilson there, and that's going to be strange to see. you got to look at what's happening and the uncertainty that's in San Francisco from, from their quarterback position. Uh, a new guy who really hasn't been in the fire, Trey Lance. And we got to see what he has to bring to the table. And then you have to look at, you know, what's happening in Arizona. They may be, next to the Rams, the most stable team in the division right now. They solidified uh, their quarterback position for the next, what, 10 years, uh, five years, really, with, with uh, uh, Kyler Murray uh, getting a new contract. Uh, and he's happy now. So I think they're the biggest uh, opponent that may be uh, in front of the uh, Los Angeles Rams as far as repeating as division champions but i think they can repeat first of all as division champions they have a good shot to be uh in the nfc championship game again uh we we added some pieces on offense so doc i wouldn't be surprised if you see the rams end up in the super bowl in arizona at the end of the day 
but can the Rams win it again is what can we go back to back? Can our Los Angeles the, the Rams go back is to back? Yes. Okay. Now I do the like answer is yes. I like they the fact we it's I possible. like the we added Allen Robinson, which is huge receiver. We added we added Bobby Wagner on defense, who should help us in that run defense, man, because we used to get our ass gas a lot, man. So he's going to help us. But my whole thing about bro, it's hard as hell to win back-to-back Super Bowl championships, man. The last team that did who did it was what? The New England Patriots, man. They did it in 2004-2005. Check this out. The Broncos did it in 98-99. Dallas did it in 93-94. and 94. The Niners did it in 89-90. and 90. Steelers did it in 79-80. and 80. Since then, bro, I mean, counting in, we've only had four teams go back-to-back in 42 years, bro. That's damn near impossible, man. Look at the percentage of that. Now, I hope we do, but, bro, have have we gotten better? Have the Rams gotten better? Yes, but it's a lot of other squads. Dog, it's it's hard as heck. If y'all could, if your if your version of the Rams couldn't go back to back, which I just knew you all were, I don't know if this version <laughs> of the Rams can go back to back, bro. It's it's not it's not that easy to do. Well, I tell you what, Doc, it's it's, it's looking like you know throw an extra bucket of water on top of the altar once again, man, just to make it extremely hard. And, and on top of that, dog, you got to look at the schedule, man. I mean, the, the NFL doesn't make it easier for the Super Bowl champion. You're going to play some games late in the season that you're going to probably be on the road at, at some playoff teams, uh, destination. Uh, you're going to have some playoff teams come to see you at the end of the season. So the NFL doesn't do you any favors as far as the schedule is concerned. And at the same time, you got a, you got a bullseye on your chest and you got a bullseye on your back right now. Why? Because you are the Super Bowl champions. Every team is going to measure their success or their failures versed on the Los Angeles Rams when they're played. So, you may, yeah, man, strap it up, Doc. I think this will be a, a year where we have to have an extension of the preseason that probably goes in early into the season. We probably won't really turn it on probably till week three, Doc, because that's just the makeup of the league right now. We added an extra game last year. Uh, Sean McVay doesn't play his guys in the preseason. So you'll probably need two or three of those regular season games to really get the Rams version of what we saw last year kickstart. Now, okay, now, but you're right. Everybody that played the Rams is going to try to bust their ass, bro. And I know I I, I want us to do it, but I, the, the fact of the matter, man, the numbers don't lie, bro. Only four teams been able to do it, damn, bro, in 42 years? What, one, two, three, that's five, five, because I had the Patriots. Man, that's a – Damn, bro, that, that, that that's not a very good high percentage in it. But anyway, if the Rams, you say we can, I say we can too. I don't think the Rams gonna do it because it's so hard, but it can. But who's your favorite to win the Super Bowl? Do you have a favorite to win the Super Bowl next season? And if you do, why? Doc, I'm a homer, man. I, I'm going with the Rams until the Rams are are standing on the podium or mathematically out of it, man. So, um, yeah, that's that's just me. But if I had to, you know, put them to the side, Doc, I I would. I guess I would have to really just focus on what's happening in the AFC West. Doc, you have a, 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 a group of four quarterbacks there that are amazing right now. And they'll probably end up beating each other up. But at the same time, that makes them game ready for everyone else in that AFC conference and then potentially a run to the Super Bowl, man. So um, I'll say this. I'll go out on a limb. And I'll say the Las Vegas Raiders, Doc. The Las Vegas Raiders could be in a position not only to represent the Super Bowl, the AFC in the Super Bowl, but possibly win it all. So I'll pick the Raiders.
Why is that? Because of the fact that they added Devontae Adams, which is which is a huge get, bro. Absolutely. They got they got a they got a quarterback that I think is underrated, Derek Carr. You add in Devontae Adams, you add that to a core, a group of receivers that they were already meshing together in the tight end Waller. Doc, they're, they're, they're pretty strong on offense. And then you add Chandler Jones on the defense who can get after the yeah. quarterback. So they're going to be playing with the lead most of the time. And when we saw last year, it's about when you get a lead, a lead in the game, can you close it out on defense by pass rushing? We saw the Rams do that with perfection last year. So Chandler Jones is one of those guys who can shut down and close down a game and getting after the quarterback. So I think they can rise to the level of being a, Super Bowl representative in Las Vegas. All right, so what do you think about this now? I, I'm not, even though I would, I would love for our Los Angeles Rams to repeat, which I don't think we're going to, but I hope we do, which I don't think we're going to. I think the favorite is Buffalo Bills, bro. This why. For one, Josh Allen. Big dog is unreal, man. The man cold. Then Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos in the NFL, man. Look at what Buffalo has done the last couple of years, bro. They, Josh Allen has led them to three playoff appearances. I think he's been in the league four seasons, bro. They lost to Kansas City you remember, in that overtime game last year, I mean, last season, which coin flip, they didn't get the rock. They lost to him, Kansas City, in the AFC Championship game before then. But look at Josh Allen's numbers, bro. Because he's gotten better all four seasons. Four seasons, man, dude is thrown for 14,114 yards, 103 touchdowns, 2,300 rushing yards, 31 touchdowns. He's averaging five and a half yards to carry, bro. Then you got Stephon Diggs, who had 1225 last year, 10 touchdowns. Nine starters coming back on offense, Ike B. Isaiah McKenzie, nice receiver, bro. Check this out, though. Last season, you got Isaiah McKenzie, then Gabriel Davis. Remember what Gabriel Davis gave against Kansas City? Dude had eight catches, 200 yards, four touchdowns, bro. Devin Singletary, nice running back. And then they got our guy Von Miller on defense. They added with a defense that's already kind of solid, bro. Then Dawson Knox is a great tight end. So that's why I say, man, to me it's Buffalo because Josh Allen is – dude is a superstar quarterback, man. He's about to really take over the league. I know they're talking about Justin Herbert and all these other young quarterbacks, but Josh Allen, man, to go with that offense and adding Von Miller on defense and got all that loot. I'm saying Buffalo is that team, man, that I think is going to be uh, getting one of them big gaudy-ass nasty – I mean, I ain't going to say nasty, but one of them big gaudy-ass uh, Super Bowl rings next season, bro. It's, it's definitely possible, Doc. I mean, everything that you just mentioned about the – Buffalo Bills organization as a whole. Uh, first and foremost, they got the most important position to take care of a quarterback yes. with Josh, uh, Josh Allen, uh, big, big figure. And, and he's an ascending player. And that seems strange to say that because when he first got into the league, we knew he had a big arm. But, you know, one of the biggest components about him is that his ability to run the football. So that running the football is still there, but he's starting to become a better passer. We see yes. his accuracy. We see his ability to not throw the ball so hard all the time, but to be able to feather in some passes. That's starting to happen. Now, I, I will say, I will say this. He, he's, he's probably, in my estimation, starting to be on the same level as a Lamar Jackson to me. Um, yeah. you, you take away his offensive coordinator that he had for the last couple of years. So, Doc, we'll have to see what kind of quarterback he still can be. If he can still uh, stay on that ascension, 
with a new offensive coordinator now. You with a new quarterback coach right now. I believe Ken Dorsey is there right now. And uh, we'll see how that 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 relationship starts to thrive, if it thrives at all. So um, they're loaded in Buffalo. From a defensive standpoint, they still have a, a you know defensive head coach who loves to play defense. They get the return of uh, their all-pro cornerback who tore his ACL last year. So, uh, yeah, and, and let's be real. Their, their division isn't as scary as what we see in the AFC West. I mean, you have uh, 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 unknown product in Miami right now. You know, you got a lot of weapons down there, but the quarterback situation isn't as defined as it is in Buffalo. And then you have, you know, what you have, uh, you know, in those other teams in the AFC East, the Jets, they're unknown as well. So I think Buffalo is the big dog in that division. If they can come and represent like we expect them to, uh, like you said, Doc, they were a coin flip away from going on to the next round last year uh, in Kansas City. And you made a great point because Ken Dorsey was the quarterback coach last season. Now he's the offensive coordinator. And I think Buffalo is extremely smart to keep that continuity because Ken Dorsey probably has, ain't no doubt about it, he has the b- best relationship and probably the closest relationship with Josh Allen than anybody else on the team because he spent more time with them. So to move Ken Dorsey from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator, keep that continuity, keep that relationship going with Josh Allen, that's huge, man. And you know, Isaac, a lot of times, man, quarterbacks and teams, when they're good, they have to suffer a little failure first before they get over the hump. That's why I think this season, everybody stays healthy. Stephon Diggs, I mean, he's he still going to be dig them smacks. That's what I call that, man, dig them smacks. Hey, bro, and Von Miller doing what he doing what he does. Man, you know, a Buffalo, and I got to add, and they added O.J. Howard from Tampa Bay. Now, he didn't just do a lot in Tampa Bay, but he's still a nice little tight end, man, to go with that guy in Dawson Knox. So, Josh Allen, man, Josh Allen, to me, I I mean, he just that dude, man. And you talked about the AFC East. Bro, why Bill Belichick gets – I know why he gets so much credit, but not – dude that came out said he ain't going to have no offensive coordinator. He ain't going to have no defensive coordinator. How the hell, bro? How you going to do that, bro? You can't – Bill Belichick can't be in both team uh, – uh, both unit rooms all the time. How, how is that possible, bro, and be successful? Hey, Doc, there's a term called athletic arrogance. I guess you can slide that over and call some things coaching arrogance because when you take a defensive coach, a guy that's been on the defensive ball for a very long time, Matt Patricia, and now you make him your offensive coordinator, uh, Doc, I, don't, I, I really don't see how it's going to work. Um, you know, I mean, you know, they do things differently up there in Foxborough. So as, as we know, but, you know, uh, Coach Belichick, these last couple of years, man, I mean, he, you know, he hasn't been, or that team hasn't been what they used to be. I think the, uh, uh, the shock, the awe of what the New England Patriots used to be has evaporated. Uh, it started to evaporate in the AFC East. I don't think the Buffalo Bills view them as they used to view them so uh there's a changing of the guard that's happened there so uh, I, let's be real we're gonna have to figure out and see if matt jones is the guy to lead this team uh to, to back to their prominence to where they used to be man so i, I think he needs some coaching and, and is, is matt patricia the guy to to take matt jones to the next level doc i don't think so man i think you need a, a seasoned guy a guy with, you know, some uh, offensive prowess who's who's been used to running these route comp- combinations and other places who probably, you know, from the Sean McVay tree to get in there and really to help develop Matt Jones because he's going to need that, Doc. 
The thing about it, you said it's Matt Jones that got. I'm going to take one title of that movie that just came out Friday. Nope. Nope. Hail to the now. You ain't seen that movie yet? Nope. You got to check it out, man. You got to check it out. Now he ain't that dude. No, I have and you, you said a point. See, you're right. The Patriots, are, that luster is gone. And, and is it a coincidence that that luster left soon as Tom Brady left? Isn't it a coincidence that, you know, Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, ain't been able to win anything without arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play? So should Bill Belichick still be considered the greatest of all time if he don't win a Super Bowl in the next five to ten years, bro? I say no. Because great quarterbacks and great players make great coaches, <laughs> period. Plus, I don't like it. I don't like that. Hey, Doc, I, I'm, a, I'm a big-time believer in the Jimmys and the Joes versus the, the Xs and the Os. I mean, you got to have guys in place, uh, you know, athletically, uh, from a talent standpoint, from a gifting standpoint, who can go out and really make your system what it is, make your system to flourish and you need guys, man. I mean, you need guys on, on your team from an offensive line standpoint to guys on the perimeter, particularly somebody who's back there who's confident enough to throw the ball. And, yes, they're missing Tom Brady, man. They miss everything that Tom Brady was from a football player to a guy off the field. So they're missing his, his presence in the locker room. And uh, this is what you get when you chase out, you know, a seven-time Super Bowl champion. So this is, this is exactly what you get. Uh, and you don't find your next quarterback. You don't find that guy who's and Doc. Let's 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 throw this in. They also lost their offensive coordinator. The offensive yeah. coordinator is now the head coach at the Las Vegas uh, Raiders. So he's gone. Josh McDaniels. He's gone. So um, I think they're still struggling from a standpoint of not only losing Brady, but I think they'll even go down even another notch with losing Josh McDaniels. He won't be there for Matt Jones. Yeah, man, they lost the Warlock, man. Tom Brady, man. Yeah, Bill Belichick with your cheating ass, bro. Can't do nothing without Tom Brady. Now, speaking of Tom Brady, quarterback, hey, Isaac, it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of talk been talking about quarterbacks, man, coming into the next season. But I gotta ask you as a pro football hall of famer, man, uh, which quarterback to you has the most pressure going into next season? It's a lot of them now. It's a lot of them with a lot of expectations. But which QB you think has the most pressure next season and i'm gonna tell you who i, I think it is who i know it is well i'll tell you what if i had to choose one doc i, I have to choose aaron Rodgers. yes because uh doc the, his his covered his covered was stripped i mean you you lose a Devonte adams doc it's gonna have to you know it's, it's gonna take a little bit longer than a training camp a little bit longer than the first three or four regular season games to replace that talent you have young guys who you drafted where you have to bring them in get acclimated to living in green bay number one number two the ups and downs the mood swings of aaron Rodgers. you have to get used to that doc make sure that you're doing stuff well because let's be real aaron Rodgers didn't trust many wide receivers in that wide receiver room the last couple of years uh, Devonte adams was his blanket Devonte adams was his check down he was the guy that took the top off the defense for him. He was his playmaker on the offense. He was his red zone target, or he was his threat to get other guys open. So you losing that, Doc, I mean, they, they took a lot. They may have built up the defense in Green Bay, but the offense, man, it may, it may take a while for them to really establish what they want to be offensively when you lose a guy like Devontae Adams. They're just keeping it real. Yeah, man, I think they, they need to run the rock more. 
because people can say everything they want about Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, man. But I don't – Aaron Rodgers gets a pass, bro. I, despite all those Pro Bowls, despite all those MVPs, I think four of them now, despite all those all pros, all those damn yards he done thrown for, dude ain't won but one Super Bowl. This is uh, – how long have you been in the NFL? 16, 17 seasons, 16. One Super Bowl. He's lost four conference championship games, bro. He's one in four in NFC championship games. Now, Aaron Rodgers is great, but when it when it comes clutch time, he ain't clutch, man. And I don't understand why he why he gets a pass, bro. People don't talk about Aaron Rodgers, but he's a great player. But dog, one in four in the NFC championship games, man. One in four. Four losses in overtime. Bro, come on, man. Why does Aaron Rodgers get a pass, bro? And I, I'm with you. He is under the most pressure next season because they ain't going to win. You're going to miss Devontae Adams, bro. Well, well, Doc, I mean, you know, there are there are pessimists and there are optimists. And that even that even goes for athletes. So there, there are times when, uh, you know, you may be down in a game. You're going to need guys to rally. You're going to need the leaders of the team to rally the, the players around you and, and say, guys, come on, let's go. We've been down 21. Let's make this the greatest comeback ever and win in overtime, you know, by, by two or three points. I don't think Aaron Rodgers brings that to the table, man. I think he's he's more of a guy that, you know, if it's not going good, it's, it's you know what, I'll get him next week. It, it just seems like his type of attitude. But you, you look at guys like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we've seen him down to the Houston Texans, 21 to nothing at home. And, you know, what's he doing on the sideline? He's rallying his troops. He's saying, guys, let's go. We're going to come back, man. He's pumping guys up. And when you look at it, you know, his comebacks are, 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 are on the rise. So, Doc, it, it, it says something about attitude. Attitude is important. Uh, when you go into a situation, you know, you just can't be able to just diagnose the situation and, and call it good and, and not will, be willing to move it to great or call it bad and, and just allow it to continue to go worse. So, that attitude that you approach things with, man, it's so important, particularly from the quarterback position, Doc. And when you don't get it, when you don't have it within yourself, Doc, it's hard to spread it to other people. Man, and those are, those are facts, man, because to me, when it comes time to when you got to really perform, he ain't doing it, bro. They lost to the 49ers in the playoffs. When Green Bay, the number one seed in the NFC last season, how many touchdown passes did he throw in that game? Not, not a nary a one. But he's still considered and talk. I mean, you got to talk about him. But, bro, he ain't stepping up when he's supposed to step up. If that was anybody else, they'd be getting their ass lit up, man. But Aaron Rodgers, for some reason, gets he gets a pass. I, I mean, Doc, he may go down as the as the greatest regular season quarterback ever, Doc. I mean, based on his, you know, his accolades and what he has done in the regular season. Um, you know, uh, I think it's a, a, a mental switch. I think it's a mental step that he needs to step over himself, man, and be able to, you know, let's, let's be coachable, Doc. I mean, be more coachable, uh, be able to rally your troops even more, Doc, when you get into situations. And those are, things, those are things that you can practice in practice. You can practice being down 21 points and, and, and try to rally your troops and get guys going. So some of those things have to be rehearsed in practice before you get on that super stage, which is on Sunday, man, and be able to uh, lead your team to victories. I think we both know there's no reason Aaron Rodgers is about to change his mental approach or nothing at this point in his career. All those accolades and that money and now really total control of the team. You can say all you want to about Matt LaFleur, but you just gave that man a whole boatload of money again. 
Man, dude ain't finna change his way. Ain't no way in the hell he finna change his way so Green Bay can get ready to lose again this next season. Lose again in the playoffs, possibly. And Aaron Rodgers with the whole, with his little long hair and like, I don't care. I really don't care. You know, I I really don't. Because that's that's what he portrays. Uh, Ike B, like, he he don't care, man. And I'm gonna light his ass up, man, because he's 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 been under he's been underachieving. Well, Doc, uh, we football, we athletes, uh, particularly at a high level, uh, whatever it may be, the NBA, MLB, NHL, we are very prideful individuals. So therefore, uh, we know that we have to go into film rooms, sit down, and watch film amongst our peers. We know that there there's gonna be a time when we'll be amongst our peers. So where we really don't care what uh, the civilians may think uh, as far as our play, we can justify that with them. But Doc, when you're in a room with other generals, when you're in a room with other, you know, majors, Doc, I mean, there, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place where you're going to have to answer to some things. I mean, uh, there's some times where, you know, that quietness is going to be so loud. It's going to be so deafening that you're going to have to explain yourself to some people because we know what it takes. We've been in the same situations and and prevailed. So when you don't see that happening with a, a very talented person quarterback, Doc, you have to question some things. Yeah, and question everything with Aaron Rodgers, man. You're an underachieving dude, man, and that it is what it is. Now, <laughs> I, I got to get your opinion on this, man, because this wasn't no part of the rundown, but I got because now I'm thinking, bro, Dallas, C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, that dude now, Isaac. He had a good season last year. Now, I'm under the impression this is what I say. He was the number one receiver for Dallas last season. But it's the difference, bro. When you're a number one receiver and you have a number two receiver who really can be a number one receiver. He had Amari Cooper last season. He doesn't have Amari Cooper this season. Now, C.D. Lamb is going to be asked to be that dude. It's the difference when you are that dude, bro. I keep saying it. Alvin Harper thought he was a number one receiver when he was with the Cowboys or Michael Irvin. Then he went to Tampa Bay and figured out, I ain't no number one receiver. I can't get off this double team. I can't get open. Now, C.D. Lamb, should he feel any pressure, man? Because he has to understand, bro. You that dude now. Now, but before you got Torrey Holt and, 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 and when you was in St. Louis, bro, you was that dude putting up, what, 1,700, 1,800 receiving yards? Getting double team and bracket. He was able to handle that business. So nobody can't nobody say no. Well, he did now nah, with Tory. Oh, yeah, he took care of business, but before Tory. Now, CD, he got to see them defenses, bro. Them double teams, them brackets, that linebacker that's peeking on his ass, make sure he don't come underneath. Talk about the difference that he's probably going to see as far as defenses paying attention to him now, because now he has to prove, bro, all eyes on you, man. Well, Doc, there is a huge difference. Uh, you mentioned Alvin Harper. Uh, and let's not forget Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes. I mean, he's another yes. one uh, when Antonio Brown left. But but here's the thing, Doc. Here's the thing. If you still have to question if this player is a number one receiver, uh, if it's coming from the local media, if it's coming from the national media, media and a lot of times we know it's national when you're, when you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. If you still have to ask that question, I don't think it's solidified that there's a number one wide receiver in Dallas if that question has to be asked. Because I, although C.D. Lamb is very talented, uh, although he we saw splashes of, you know, what he could be potentially, 
there was Amari Cooper over there on the other side who took a lot of that double teaming away from him. So he wasn't facing the number one guy consistently. So the questions that have to be asked for C.D. Lamb is, can you beat a Jalen Ramsey consistently, you know, uh, one-on-one? Can you beat some of the other great, the Alexanders for the Green Bay consistently? Uh, the, the cornerbacks uh, down in, in New Orleans, can you consistently beat these guys and be that number one? And when they start to double team you, can you still make plays? Because there's a level of production that they expect to have from you to have from a number one wide receiver, no matter what coverage you're starting to see. When you have a Pro Bowl quarterback, you can figure out a way to get this guy to football. Can C.D. Lamb do that? Can he consistently do it? And when, when the double teams comes, can you not be frustrated and, and uh, see the, the end result that you want to see uh, versus you know, just imploding? So th- there is some pressure on C.D. Lamb. And like I say, if you still have to ask the question, if you're number one, I don't think you've reached that status right now. So we're going to have to give him an opportunity uh, with Dak Prescott again. Uh, I think Michael Gallup is coming back from an ACL injury. That's even more pressure on him because it's probably going to take Michael probably a a month to really get running and and running around and and be productive. So he's going to see a lot of coverage, Doc. He's going to be able – he's going to have to be able to uh, really dominate zones because they'll start to roll that coverage over to his side and he'll start to sit down, get the ball in his hand in small windows and, and still be effective with it uh, in the run after the catch game. So it, it, there's a lot, Doc. I mean, you know, you take away that number one and when you become number one, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to that. Yeah, C.D. Lamb, we're going to see, man. I want you to be successful, but we're going to see. A couple of more things before we get out of here, bro. Uh, you should have picked a Leonard Fournette. What the hell Leonard Fournette doing? <laughs> no, I haven't. Boy, I, <laughs> I mean, well, I like, I mean, huh? Sounds like nothing. Ike B, thank you. 260 pounds, bro. And you played at 228. No, Leonard Fournette, then hey, I don't no, there's no way in the hell you lose 30. This ain't boxing. You lose 30 pounds from a couple of weeks ago, then y'all get to report to camp. Now, I don't know Leonard Fournette, but I know dudes with that kind of mentality. It seemed like Leonard, like I done got me a Super Bowl, I done got me some money. He been kicking it, kicking it this offseason, man. And I know people are going to look at that as being unprofessional. Bro, it's one thing to come up, come in, come in the camp out of shape, which is inexcusable because it's hard as hell. Don't, you don't go to camp to try to get in shape. Your ass got already be in shape. But 30 pounds overweight, bro, and he been joking about it on Twitter. Come on, Ike. Ike B, come on, man. Well, well Doc, I think uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have what every franchise in the league wants. They have a self policing locker room so when you when you come into camp uh 30 pounds overweight and tom brady is there uh no i think that's unacceptable i don't think tom brady will 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 accept it i don't think he thinks it's funny because you know he's there for one reason and that's to play in nfc championships and win super bowls so um leonard Fournette has been a huge part of that the last couple of years and unfortunately he's had some injuries he's had to deal with from a soft tissue tissue standpoint. And doc, to come in 30 pounds heavy, that doesn't do well for your hamstrings. I mean, it's putting a lot of stress on your body to try to get in the shape. Football can get you in the shape, but at the same time, doc, to be 260 pounds, man, I don't think that's good for anybody. And I think from a player standpoint, I think they'll address that with Leonard Fournette from a player standpoint before even Todd Bowles have to say anything to him. 
Yeah, man. Leonard Fournette, your big ass is big, bro. You, 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 your big ass is big, man. Uh, speaking of big, though, I, I, Kirby Smart, bro, $112 million, 10 years. Highest paid football coach ever. Now, this is my thing. This is the same Kirby Smart. Been complaining about the football players and the and the name, image, and likeness money that they get. Bro, I know what it is. This pisses me off so much. You getting $112 million. You and the rest of these college coaches, but now y'all complaining that the system is screwed up now because players are getting money and some of them are getting so much, too much money. And they're saying that some of them, they don't know what to do with the money. It ain't your business what they know what to do with the money or not. No, this dude getting $112 million, but he's criticizing the players who are helping him get $112 million from them getting dollars themselves, man. Yeah. Man, that, that just teams of just plantation mentality, bro. Serious. Well, I'll tell you what, Doc. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money. $112 million is a lot of money. Um, it, does he deserve it? I mean, you know, there, there's somebody out there willing to pay it to him. But when you talk about the players getting money, when they're when they're cashing in on their name, image, and likeness, uh, Doc, uh, you say that they don't know what to do with the money. Well, what happens when those same players come into training camp and they don't know how to take on a double team? They don't know how to get off the line of scrimmage. You have somebody teach them. You you bring somebody in to teach them what to do with that money. And you don't go and get yourself on the podium and put the microphone in your face and say they don't know what to do with it. Come on, man. Okay, you're 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 quote unquote a father figure to these guys. So if their natural fathers miss the opportunity to teach them to be financial responsible, responsible, there's an opening for you right there, Doc. It can't be all football because it, we know it's only 20 hours a week as far as college sports and athletics are concerned. So supplement that bring somebody in use some of your own funds if you have to because you say you love them you say you care for them bring someone in to teach them financial responsibility doc because i guarantee you at the university of georgia in athens they don't they don't offer financial literacy because they're not teaching you to be uh an employer but an employee so therefore bring someone in and then we can stop the talk and that makes your, your team even more attractable to uh, a, a future bulldog. I mean, you can bring those guys in. You can go ahead and pay them over the table now. And then at the same time, how about have somebody sitting there to teach these young men financial literacy? Great point. I mean, absolutely great point. Teach it to them. Because your ass getting paid off the TV money that the SEC and Georgia get. The players ain't getting no TV money. They got to go out and get their own deals just for name, image, and likeness. So great point. Teach them. Teach them Kirby smart, but you don't want to do that. You don't want them to be smart as far as financial literacy and learn how to spend the money and invest. You don't want that. You just want to take it from them and you just want to get the loot. So Kirby smart, shut your ass up, man. One more thing, bro. Kevin Durant, man, they said the Boston Celtics talking about possibly trading for Kevin Durant. They're in the mix now. Ooh, how you feel about that? Because I know Boston not getting rid of Jason Tatum. So, but my whole point is that if I'm Brooklyn and y'all want Kevin Durant, you got to give me Jalen Brown. You got to give me Marcus Smart. You got to give me about four first-round draft picks. You got to give me about three second-round draft picks. Because if Rudy Gobert got all of that to, to go to Minnesota, oh, Kevin Durant got it. He got it. He got to get way much more than that. But my whole point, do you want to go to a team that's been depleted, man? 
You know what I'm saying? But Boston being in the mix, but that would mean Kevin Durant, if he goes to Boston, that means once again, when Golden State swept OKC out, he got swept and he went to them the next season. So it'd be the same thing. Boston just swept Brooklyn. He'd be going to that. But I don't blame KD for that. But <laughs> if that's something, man, that Boston should do, because they ask, they're coming up off of Jalen Brown, at least, and Marcus Smart probably, too, to get Kevin Durant. Well, Doc, you, you're talking about another championship franchise, man. They, they pretty much do whatever it takes to win championships. And when a guy like Kevin Durant is on the market, you definitely look twice into your cupboard to see what you have available. And if that means trading one of your high-value assets in a Jalen Brown to get Kevin Durant, Doc, that's just something you do. I mean, if uh, you have three or four first-round draft picks that they're asking for, you try to accommodate them as best you could. So now, if you're mortgaging your future to get a Kevin Durant to give you another championship, Doc, we've seen plenty of teams do that. So uh, I, I think if you got it, if you can make it happen, by all means, you do it, Doc. Now, this is this is my thing. Now, of course, just Jalen Brown. Of course, you trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. But my whole thing is everything that the Nets are going to ask for to get Kevin Durant. What's going to be left? And this is my problem. This is the Boston Celtics, Isaac. <laughs> They don't need another championship to solidify their place in history. Now, if you're, if you're a team who hadn't won a championship, okay, I get it. Give up everything so you can get at least one under your belt. To me, that's Brooklyn. Brooklyn, you crazy as hell if you let Kevin Durant leave. Y'all hadn't won anything since the ABA. See, Brooklyn should be doing everything they can to keep Kevin Durant. Now, they can say, I don't care what Kevin Durant says. Man, you got four years left. Kevin Durant, can we go out to eat, man? Can I get you? You know, come on, bro. But Boston don't have to give up everything because they're already an historic NBA franchise with multiple NBA championships. Why the hell they, you want to win chasing championships, but they shouldn't be chasing chips. They don't have to chase chips. Now, I get it. You're going to have to give up a lot to get to Kevin Durant. So you might win next year, but then you're probably going to be soft. Well, you're still going to have them for a couple of years. But I don't, I don't know why Boston would do that, man, them being who they are. Well, I, I know exactly why Boston would do it, man. I mean, in the spirit of Red Auerbach, it's what he did. He, he, I mean, you call it chasing championship. He call it he calls it competitive greatness. When you when you have the experience and the taste of winning one championship, Doc, guess what? You want it again. You know what I'm saying? So, so therefore, when you look at the the Boston Celtics, of course, by all means, they go out and add another iconic name to wear the Boston Celtic uniform, and that be Kevin Durant. Of course, Doc, you make you make every move you can possible to bring this guy into the fold. And not only that, if you're going to be giving away Jalen Brown, I mean, that could open up some some cap space to add another player, a, a player probably that's on the verge of becoming an all star and to be tutored by uh, a Kevin Durant to be taken to that next level. So this is what you do. And there's a silent race that's going on between franchises, Doc. You got. Uh, the, the league leader in, in Larry O'Brien trophies right now, I believe, is the Los Angeles Lakers. And who is their main rival in the finals? It happens to be the Boston Celtics. So you want that, Doc. I mean, you want that lead. You want more trophies than what that, that West Coast, Coast teams has. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams want more Super Bowls than the San Francisco 49ers. There's always going to be a rival between those teams, man, and it's never going to die. Well, that's big facts, but you know, Kevin Durant, stay yo. I mean, Brooklyn, y'all better keep that dude, but y'all can't just be letting a dude like that go. Y'all don't get them kind of dudes always, man. Y'all crazy as hell, man. Y'all better keep that dude, do whatever y'all can to keep that dude, man, and make him happy. I don't care what he asking for, you have to give it to him. 
Whatever extra, I have to give it to him. Want a private jet? Give us as a private jet. Give him whatever he needs, man, to keep Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. One more thing before we get out of here, man. Hey, the big time coming up, bro. Hall of Fame game coming up. That means Hall of Fame festivities, man. I mean, I mean, what the schedule looking like for you? A uh, new Hall of Famer because this will be your time. This will be your first time at the game with the gold jacket as a as, as a vet. So, what's the schedule with you, man? With the Hall of Fame ceremonies and everything coming up, man. Yeah, Doc. They have us pretty busy. Uh, the week of enshrinement, man. A uh, couple appearances, uh, things of that nature. But I also get an opportunity to see, you know, one of my former coaches be enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Dick Vermeil. So we're looking forward to that, uh, spending time with him, his family, uh, spending time with a lot of his former uh, players that he coached uh, from the from the Eagles, from from Kansas City and from St. Louis, man. So it's going to be a great time, man, to just see, you know, one of the guys I competed against, uh, two of the guys I competed against, Leroy Butler the creator of the Lambo Leap, he's being inducted uh, that weekend, and Brian Young, man. You're talking about a stud of a defensive lineman. Yes. Man. He was a stud at Notre Dame, and when he got to the San Francisco 49ers, man, he just made noise all the time. So two guys who are very well deserving of this honor, man, and I'm fortunate enough to be there to see these guys give their speeches. Salute to that, man. Over and under, man. Dick Vermeil, tears, man. 300, 300 tears. 300 tears. <laughs> I said, I said for his speech, he has eight minutes to speak, and uh, six minutes, six of those minutes, he'll, he'll be, he'll be crying the full time. <laughs> no doubt about. It. But salute to Dick Vermeil, man. I remember seeing him. I mean, I talked to him and saw him at your induction last, last year in Canton, man. But anything else you want to add, brother? Because I know Smush Ice Cream is up there too, man. So you get to check on your business too, bro. Absolutely, Doc. You know, I'm just actually returning from uh, Canton, Ohio, uh, two days ago, man. You know, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, and Smoosh Ice Cream, man, it's really taking off up there. Uh, Doc, Doc we're, we're currently the brand owners right now. So any future entrepreneurs out there that are looking to get into business and own a franchise, Smoosh Ice Cream is the brand. So you can get all your information from SmooshCookies.com, SmooshCookies.com, and get all of the franchise information, man. And bring a Smoosh Ice Cream, man, from where you're from. It's a very unique it's, it's what I call the ultimate ice cream sandwich. You can use brownies. Uh, you can use cookies. I like chocolate chip cookies. Uh, you can use chocolate cookies, uh, donuts, just and, and put them in uh, on each side of a, a huge scoop of ice cream, man. And uh, I see you smiling, Doc. So we got to get you uh, get you to taste one of these ice cream soon. But uh, very the ultimate ice cream sandwich, man. It's a great ice cream. It's good. And it's one, you know, you can have it for your cheat day. Now I, I'm I'm laughing because it it sounds amazing, but it's funny that you you of course you're promoting all the ice cream and the brownies and the cupcakes. All I can remember is one day I was trying to be generous to you, like me. You want one of these cupcakes? You gonna look at me, man? That's that fat. Quit being fat. I mean, God, come on, come on, come on, bro. I get it though, man. But you know, because I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of. I want to see what the franchise fee is for Smoosh, man, because I see it is taking off. But it's just funny to hear you selling this when I'm, you know, and you, you just. I looked at you, man. I, I really could have just choked your ass. I'm like, I, right, you want a cupcake, man? I just fat. Quit being fat. Quit, quit being fat. So I say, hey, man, uh, Smoosh, salute. Well, Anything well, else? Well, what, that what, cupcake. That cupcake. Listen. That cupcake was probably on that shelf 
since school started. You it know, don't we matter. started school back in August, and I believe that was, you know, that was around December. We probably was going to a basketball game. That that's, that thing was probably there since then. So that was way too long to be trying to, you know, curb some hunger that we might have had at that moment. But, bro, you didn't say that. You just told me I was being fat because I wanted the damn cupcake. You didn't say, look here, Doc. I love you, man. You're my brother. I want to care. I care about the nutritional intake of you. And the cupcake seems kind of old. You didn't say that. You just said, man, that's fat as hell that you want that cupcake. That's basically what you said. But anyway, man, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, bro? Yeah, we were currently off the mic that moment, so I had to give you the realness, man. But, uh, no, nah, man, it's a great show, man. It's awesome to be back on here and really start to get this thing churning with football season starting. Yes, sir. And for everybody that's listening, man, this goes up on YouTube and also the Run Pass Option podcast, man. We're going to, from now on, we're going to try to do, we're going to do these at least once a week with Isaac. We got to check his availability. But once a week, because football season is here, this is what we're talking about. That's what it's about, man. So you good. Anything else, brother? Anything else you want to talk about your boy, man? Uh, eating cupcakes and ice cream and all. We, we straight? Okay. Well, that's going to do it for another we great straight, episode man. of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Smoose. Cookies and ice cream and cakes and all that stuff. And Doc Holiday, we talk sports because we know sports. And ice cream, apparently. We out.